You're listening to the DC Beer Show. I'm Breeze Galindo. Buckle up, you guys. It's about to get wild. Welcome, everybody, to the DC Beer Show. We are at DC Beer across social media, number 35 on the iTunes podcast charts, but number one in your hearts. Here with two special guests, really four special guests, three of whom are from Streetcar 82, and one, Breeze Galindo. Breeze, what are you drinking this evening? I am drinking a table saison from Schilling. And I always butcher, well, not always, but I sometimes butcher the name and it's called Hemel. Is this correct, you guys? Help me out if not. Yes. The rare non lager Schilling. Jordan, what are you drinking this evening? Uh, going in the complete opposite direction, uh, straight to the hops. Juice, juicy. It is a. It's one of the flagship IPAs from Evergreen, one of my favorite breweries out of the central Pennsylvania area. Brandy, what are you having tonight? Well, I did the pre-show interview. So while I was doing that, I had a caboose uh, from Other Half, which is the Hellas style lager. But I am actively drinking a beer from my Cleveland Spoils, an English style mild ale, and it's only 3.8, which it should be from Old Thunder. So thanks. Shout out to Old Thunder for being cool while uh, Matt and I visited. So yeah, Mr. Stein, are you drinking from a Stein or a can tonight? I'm drinking from a Krug. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And I am having Ivy City from other half. Um, Build as a Czech style lager. This one really fits the bill because it's decocted. Uh, I was there yesterday with uh, Erica, you know, craft beer seller, owner, our, our good friend, a uh, good friend of the site. And so we had some of those caboose and then we had some Ivy City. And I'm thrilled. This batch tastes great. It's probably my favorite to date. It's, it's decocted. So it's a little fuller, a little rounder. It's just firing on all cylinders so i don't know if our listeners are aware and it's actually coincidental that two of us are drinking other half beers but miss miss breeze galindo uh hails from formerly hails from other half based out of new york i was very very fortunate enough to meet this amazing human at the women's panel recently, um, hosted by Other Half in DC and Erica Craft Beer Cellar. And uh, I immediately, and please don't be angry about what I'm about to say, <laughs> uh, got a girl crush on Breeze. So I'm so excited to have her on. I'm kind of geeking out. Um, I think we all adore Breeze. So uh, I want Breeze to to basically just shoot the shit with us while we're while we're on the show tonight, if that's okay with you guys. Before we start shooting the shit, I want to get some events uh, out of the way, I guess. But most of the events that we're focusing on is Snally. Um, I'm always super pumped about Snally. We all are. It's the biggest beer festival in D.C. I feel kind of overwhelmingly excited this year because um, if you subscribe to our newsletters, you might know that D.C. Beer will have a stage like a fucking DC beer show stage at Snelly. Sorry for clapping, Richard. Uh, the DC beer show will be pretty much live with interviews and panels from some of the visiting breweries. I'm currently curating a panel of women-owned breweries to join us on stage. 
This is where the Women's Brew Culture Club will meet. We are always present at Snelly, all of the DC Beer Crew, but this year we will be present, like present, present, present. Um, there'll be a few other podcasts joining the stage as well during the time, so make sure you check it out and nerd out with us, please. Other than that, huge information. Prepare your livers, everybody. Just you, you'll be okay. You'll survive. Just, just drink a lot of water. Do the Pedialyte. Jake and Jordan, what what else? What other events we got going on before Snelly? Keeping it NRG. So the Snelly Fund there starts with Coast to Coast at Church Key on Wednesday the 11th. Coast to Coast meeting, they've got Bottle Logic from California. They've got Weldworks from Colorado. Um, they've got um, Zool from Tennessee. Um, a couple of main breweries like Bellwoods. Then two different NRG spots are going to do sort of like a competing events, uh, support our shores, which means oysters and guest beers uh, at Blue Jacket on the 12th. So Blue Jacket beers, some guest beers, um, Snally is for a good cause. Um, this is support our shores, also for a good cause, a nonprofit organization called Oyster South. And then um, I've made fun of Halfway Crooks before um, for being from Atlanta, but jacking a mob deep lyric. And so we're going to have, Four Georgia breweries at Church Key, um, four dope breweries in a Cadillac. Um, yeah, Jordan can tell you a little bit something. How do you feel you know, about that, Jordan? I always like to see my <laughs> Georgia breweries, especially the good ones, always out there shining. So uh, I'm excited. A lot of things to look forward to. And we're kind of going into the tail end of Oktoberfest because technically it is still upon us. So uh, if your liver wasn't ready, it definitely uh, should get ready or not. And and that's perfectly fine. Trust me, I, I'll probably take it easy the next several weeks. But before we get into uh, everything that's coming for Stanley Gaster, uh, got some exciting things happening tonight. So this is dropping in on Friday. So tonight you can check out a free uh, beer tasting with Kushua at Choice Wine and Beer definitely check that out. Uh, that gets kicked off just in time for happy hour around 4 p.m. tonight. Uh, then we have uh, Rustico. They're still kicking with the Oktoberfest. So if you've been busy with getting back to school and everything else that happens in the fall, that's definitely something to look forward to before uh, Stanley Gaster takes over D.C. and the whole DMV area. Then for those nerds out there, there's a murder mystery theme at Atlas. Uh, that's actually tomorrow. So uh, definitely check that out. That's something that I think excuse me, not tomorrow, it's Sunday. Uh, definitely check that out. I'll be looking forward to that because it's not just spooky season. It's all of the suspense and thrillers and all the whodunits out there as well. So uh, a lot of good and fun things to look forward to. And then on Thursday, the 12th, the Nature Conservancy, they present a taste of Virginia, Black Narrows, Cricket Run, and Fine Creek and not to leave out one of my favorite uh, hop factories out of Virginia, Vossen. Richmond's very own. So a lot of things to look forward to. Uh, yeah. Bria, are any of those events, you, are you looking forward to any of those? I know it's a, a lot of things to look forward to, especially uh, in the lager and the, the light beer wave as we kind of shift dark. Any of those jump out to you? Um, I'm a really big fan of Halfway Crooks. So if anybody has a beef with my boys and trying to talk smack, just know just know that me and my crew, we went deep. I will call all my cousins out to start something. I won't say what, but we also do love murder mysteries for a specific reason. 
but I love them and I love what they I love the way what they put out all the time. And I love Sean and Euron. I think they're fantastic. They're such great people. And uh, I'm excited to see them out there. Some really big logger person. And I again, I do love murder mysteries. It's kind of my thing. If I have a cold or a flu, I will very much go deep into the YouTubes and just watch how like a murder gets done from like point A. And then I go through all the trial stuff. And then um, after that, I'll go back to like the investigative part and I'll try to like pause and see like where exactly the person got stabbed or, you know, bared. This is really dark now. So let's just change it up. Let's talk about something else. I love you as a mystery connoisseur. You're like, this was before BBC launched in 2015. So we're talking 1975 to 1985, season two, episode 15. Like, like, love it. Love it. Um, but Halfway Crooks is great. And you know what's hilarious about them? They send this Kolsch, uh, which they call like a cold style lot, or what do they call it? Some interesting name for it. And I was talking to um, Beth and Julie, who own the brew shop. Um, and they were like, we're moving a ton of Farina, the Halfway Crooks Kolsch, which is so funny because the DC metro region for like historically for a long time, historically like the last 20 years, has loved Kolsch. And we've been really lucky to see the Kolsch, the German pills, the Belgian pills, all like on draft, little bit of cans in the district proper, little bit in Virginia. And it's just great to see them have a warm reception in, in the DC metro. Let's bring in our guests from Streetcar 82. Daniela Reyes and Andrew Fernandez have been the two main faces, super smiley faces from Danny, I see when I visit Streetcar 82. For those of you who may not know, Streetcar 82, located in Hyattsville, Maryland, is 100% deaf-owned and operated brewery, owned by Mark Burke and his wife, Amy. They just celebrated their fifth anniversary, and they're going strong, so you should visit. On the show, we have Danny and Andrew. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Brandy. Thanks for introducing us. We will hear the voice of their interpreter, Marvin Feggins during this interview. So thank you, Marvin. You're very welcome. Let's get in. Hi, Danny. Hi, Andrew. I would love for you to tell the audience what your roles at the brewery are and a little bit about yourself. Danny, can you go first? Okay. So I'm Daniela. So I am uh, the front of the house team member. So I've been with Streetcar 82 for since day one. You know, so I've been, I was with after the first six months and I started serving beer there. So I'm like the, one of the many faces that started Streetcar 82. All right. This is Andrew. So I am, uh, the back of the house brewer and I produce, uh, the beer in 82. And also I've been with Streetcar 82 since day one. Have you been brewing since day one, Andrew? Yes. Actually, I started brewing about two years ago with Mark. So, you know, he's one of the persons that can teach me and I've been brewing other than Mark. Yeah, I thought you were front of house for a while. So I'm glad that you're back in the brew house. That's cool. Yeah, I'm still front of the house. So I've been front of the house and then also I got into brewing, but then um, I maintained that. But also I specialize in the events with Streetcar 82 as well. Oh, okay, cool. Danny, I know you you work for the house. Um, what changes have you seen at Streetcar in the year since you've been there? Obviously, since day one, I know you see a lot of regulars, but the crowd seems to grow 
and grow every time I'm there? Yeah, it's just, wow, that's a very good question. So it's, a lot has changed, but focusing on the most important part when I first joined, like the customer base was uh, mostly, you know, white people, you know, mostly in the brewery industry. So we're starting to see a more diverse of customers within the years, like, you know, with our food trucks that's coordinated by Streetcar 82 and Streetcar 82 has started collaborating with a lot of diversity within the business owners, a lot of Latino business, business owners. So that's been a great thing. A lot of changes in customers from a lot of non-diversity to a lot of diversity. So that's a big part that we've noticed. I love to see that. And what about the beer drinking aspect, Andrew? You know, I know that you're brewing now. Do you find that certain beers that you help brew are more popular than others? So for the past few years, I have noticed that our beer has been getting better. So we started brewing a lot of more uh, different beers on tap from uh, farmhouse ales to saisons to IPAs now. We have the Hefe. So just an array of different beers that we've tried to make. And I've noticed a lot of more customers have navigated towards Street Fighter 82. I would agree. And I know that when he first opened, really the his strongest beers were his Belgians, like his, um, you know, more multi-Ford. But he's really, and I'm hoping a lot of that is also you, Andrew. I, there, there are so many different styles that are done beautifully. Like the Colonel, I mean, that's my go-to beer. It's such a beautiful, crisp beer. And it's really hard to make that style of beer. People don't think that, but it really is. So if you can make a light lager that is well done, then then you, you're doing it right. <laughs> yes, I agree. Yep, I definitely agree. Um, so, Andrew, what inspired you to get into the brewing side? Uh, I know that you started front of house, but why did you want to get in and get dirtier? So, so long story short. I've always wanted to uh, get into the brewing industry, and this was before Streetcar 82 opened. So I didn't know Mark Burke until, you know, a lot of people said, Mark is planning to open up a brewery. So I reached out to him and found out, and I was like, wow. And he was like, yeah, sure, come on in. And also, I was already in the process of buying my own home brewing equipment, and I started doing home brewing myself, actually. So I just really wanted to get into it and really understand beer instead of just drinking it and, you know, having like these big corporations uh, type of beers. I really want to have the type of micro brewing beer and have those different aspects of taste. And also for myself, this was like a big step to really get into it. I mean, it's a huge leap because usually when I, when we interview guests who brew, they always start out as home brewing before they start their own brewery or started another brewery. But you, you had this opportunity at an actual brewery before you even really started home brewing. So that that's kind of the opposite that we usually see. And that's so exciting for you. And I'm sure you're going to learn so much more. And especially with the business side of the, the, the industry and not just the beer. Right. Right. So there's, this definitely was a big step for myself. And not only that, you know, as a Latino person, I've always wanted to see the numbers of 
white people in the industry. And I've always wanted to change that. I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to add my culture to the brewing industry. So that was something new. What does your culture look like in the beer industry? It's something that I really want to change. Like, for example, like most of the times we see a lot of loggers, we see the dark loggers. And, you know, I want to add some, you know, Latino flavors because, you know, you, we have one or two breweries out there that add mole to their beers. So that type of spices, those type of flavors, I really want to, you know, get into that side of it. Like mole, barrel aged beers, things like that. I really want to get into that and show people like there's so much more to brewing than just what we have out there right now. Yeah. I know some of my uh, friends are doing like horchata beers and a lot of different flavors that, that bring out um, like a tapache beer, which I think Streetcar did, which, you know, it's so cool that this is why diversity is great. I don't have to tell everybody why diversity is great, but there's so many different flavors and things to experience. And even if you're not super knowledgeable about beer, there are ways in which you can be knowledgeable or at least feel comfortable. And it's about feeling comfortable in the place that you're drinking because it's all about the experience. And what I've always witnessed at Streetcar 82, even though I am the minority at Streetcar 82 because all of the staff are deaf, but I, I do my hardest to communicate. I've taken an ASL class. Every, I learn a new sign every single day. That's my goal in life. Not everyone has to do that. But the, the employees at Streetcar have a, 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 a large obstacle when it comes to having new uh, customers come in and, who maybe aren't aware that the, the staff behind the bar are going to be communicating with you, not verbally. I know that you guys get this question a lot, but I think it's important for our listeners to to get your side of how you manage that and how how things have changed because I know that when you first opened people were a little bit I don't want to use the word hesitant but just nervous because they didn't know how to communicate because they were the minority and it kind of flipped the 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 roles and I love I love that it it makes other people want to either try or experience something new. Yes, most definitely. So one thing amazing about Streetcar 82 from day one was the customers just like froze in place. It's like, what? And we had to guide them. And it's like, that was a, that was like the opposite side. It's like, and then some customer would come in and say, oh, I learned some sign and order some beer in sign language. So that was a big aspect. And a lot of people, you know, came in and people started to really know about it. And the deaf community came out as well a lot. And the staff is very diverse. So that's something amazing. Yeah, and that's one thing I love about you, Brandy. Like you, you started picking up sign language and you picked up very quickly too. A lot, I know a lot of people don't pick up as quick as you. A lot of people learn, it's like, eh, but you had that passion and that motivation. And a lot of people, you know, at Streetcar 82, we really loved having you coming by. And to add to this comment, it's just nice because growing up as a, a deaf person and with deaf people, we have to try to accommodate with other people and other businesses. And people look at us, it's like, oh, we don't know what to do with them. They freeze up and they get real stuck. But now that the roles are reversed, 
Like we're accommodating them. Come on in. We're ready to help you. So we, we've seen a lot of changes in people coming in, new people come in. They're like, okay, they keep it going. They're motivated to order from us and try. Some people were like, hey, you can try to uh, write down on a pad and use that as a, a modes of communication. That's just a great thing. Thank you, Andrew, for that that answer. And the answer right before that was was Danny. Um, we, for everybody listening, uh, and for those who may not be able to listen, we will have a transcript of this um, for our you know visitors to the site. So I want to ask one more question before we get going. As we honor Hispanic Heritage Month, and as I assume you may know, that the percentage of Hispanic and Latino people in the beer industry is a shockingly low number. Demographically speaking, do you notice this to be representative of the drinking crowd at Streetcar? So honestly, how society can, you know, really show the support of diversity, they can just like try to support people, not just take their flavors and take their cultures like, yeah, we're celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month, but we don't have any Latino business owner or Latino uh, workers. So it's like, Let's let's try to do that. Let's do something different. That's a big part. Bring Latinos and Hispanic people to work with them, and they will also bring their customers and their and their culture as well. So that's that's a big part of it. That was a great answer. <laughs> I love that answer. Thank you, Danny. Tell everybody about your uh, your side business. I don't want to ruin it, but yeah, tell tell everybody. It's it's great. Oh my God! Yes, I'm so excited <laughs> to share. Thank you. So my business name is. Raina's dog treats. So yes, I do uh, make and sell dog treats. And it's also with um, minimal ingredients. It's only four ingredients. So the main ingredients are spent grains that I use. So I do um, use those spent grains and, and make those dog treats. And believe it or not, the dogs go crazy for it. Like I make them really small in really small batches. So I'm just a you know, solo business owner. So that's what I do. And the plan is to you know, in my official LLC process, and then I'm gonna get the ball rolling and go bigger. I know that when you've made your small batches, they sell like hotcakes, uh, as they would say. I'm very excited. It's just just an amazing growth coming forward. It's a long road coming. Thank you. Well, everyone, you have heard the voice of Marvin, but I want everyone to go visit Streetcar 82 in Hyattsville. It is a lovely place, Mark and Amy and the whole staff. It's just such a warm place when you walk in. Yes, it's family owned, but all the staff is part of family too. Like everybody hangs out and it's just so welcoming and inviting. And they have live music. They have all kinds of events all the time. And if you can find the ASL classes, please sign up for that and learn something new. It was, it was awesome. Thank you, Danielle or Danny. I call her Danny. She goes by Danny um, and Andrew for being on the DC Beer Show. And thank you. I, I I adore all of you. And and just thanks for being you. <laughs> so thank you. It was an honor to be a part of this opportunity. Thank you so much again. Anytime. I love you guys. I want to know what's going on with Breeze. Because like it's not every day or every episode we get to have Breeze on. Uh, Breeze, what's been going on with you? Well, my last day at Other Half was on September 28th. I was there for four years. And my last year, I was the lead brewer. And then there was just like this part where 
I kind of really felt like it was time to move on to kind of have more growth in the industry. And I very much, I've all, I've all, let's put it this way. If I would have gone to another brewery somewhere in like Kansas or Ohio or any of those breweries four years ago, I can tell you right now, I will, I wouldn't have never been at this point at this level of my career in terms of success. So there's really something to, to look at where a brand like other half can very much help your career grow. Now at the same time, it's kind of, um, it's kind of like a give and take or like a 50, 50 kind of relationship situation where now that you are in this space, what else can you do while you have this platform? So with that, I, I became a board member for the Michael Jackson Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization that benefits the BIPOC community in brewing and distilling. And within that foundation, I also started the mentorship program, which also allows uh, a level of support, not only for those who have received scholarships, but also those who are going through the application process, maybe didn't get the scholarship the first time around but we're there to very much pair them up with other brewery owners or head brewers or leaders in the industry that can maintain that stead that steady rise to success and make sure that their career is solid right which is fantastic within that i also started uh, luminary voices which is a traveling forum i started that with uh, with Amanda McLam from Resident Culture. So she and I, we coordinate being able to have this forum where we can go to any brewery or any festival to be able to talk about what other, whatever topics that festival or said brewery would like to discuss. So for example, just recently I was at Oktoberfest by Schilling and I was invited out there to, to have a Luminary Voices there and our topic was mental health. And it was extremely important to really touch on mental health because it doesn't only affect women in the industry, but also affects men in the industry as well. So it was really great to have those discussions there, but also see how many people in that room just resonated with the discussions and the topics. It didn't, it doesn't, it, these, these conversations don't have to be really cringeworthy or cringeworthy at all or uncomfortable. These conversations can just bring awareness in a sense of like, oh, I didn't know you guys were also going through that too, because also me, and then having those amazing discussions after the fact. So I really love that about Luminary Voices. And while I was at Other Half, I also started the Other Half Women's Forum, which is a platform that highlights women in the industry and creating a space within the Other Half Taproom to be able to bring women in, tell their stories, not just in brewing, uh, but also outside of the brewing industry as well. The purpose of that was to inspire and empower women to just have a space to have a voice, and that doesn't really happen often in the industry. And if it is, it's always the same women every single time. And what Luminary Voices is doing and what the Other Half Women's Forum did was, hey, you are doing great things over there. You need to come over here because people need to know who you are and people need to know your story and what you're doing because even that alone allows more uh, women to be inspired, but also onlookers who are curious about craft beer and allow to kind of peek in and see like, hey, maybe this is for me too. So it's almost like, yes, I was able to do so much with other half and because of other half at the same time, I put in a lot of work to ensure that not only brewing wasn't a factor in, in my success of other half, but also the impact that I was able to make not only in the New York, in, in the New York industry, but also outside of that as well, because I've also been invited to speak at other conferences in regards to DEI in the industry. So in terms of moving forward, I'll be, I'm still working with the Michael Jackson Foundation. I'm still doing Luminary Voices. 
And uh, I have another project coming up that I absolutely cannot talk about, but I'll be able to unleash that in, in oh, November. But okay. Yeah. In the meantime, I'm just kind of taking a very little tiny break. And by little tiny, I mean like this week where I can just answer some emails and uh, um, maybe like take a walk around the park and maybe have coffee in the morning without having to run out, <laughs> you know, things like that. So that's me. Well, we appreciate you being on the show and thanks for doing everything that you at this moment do um, for the beer scene, women in, in the beer scene and people of color in the beer scene. And, uh, you know, I, I, you are one of my role models because after the women's um, panel, I started the Women's Brew Culture Club and I'm basically trying to create a space for women to feel more comfortable and have ed education in, in the beer scene, you know, even as beer drinkers, you know, not necessarily like behind, you know, back of house or what have you, but, you know, and we're meeting with females and, and non-binary who, you know, work in the beer industry and can just be an example, you know, saying, Hey, look at this person over here fucking crushing it. Let's go learn something from them or let's just go drink with them. Or, and, and, you know, it, it's about bringing more awareness to the lack of women in beer. So, uh, you, you're doing great things and we appreciate it for sure. Thank you. Thank you. One of the great things about brewing another hop was having access to all of the experimental hops and the new hops that were coming in and being able to see how they kind of like opened up, not just on hot side, but also on cold side, being able to see like what profiles they were throwing out, not just in flavor, but also in aroma. And to, and to know that we were one of the first breweries to have access to that, that was really cool. I very much enjoyed that part. Mind you, I do love drinking lagers. That's kind of my jam. <laughs> but it's been fun brewing Northeast IPAs and kind of seeing that process and also learning more about uh, the new, just hops in general from Sam and the programs that we have there about what we do. So, it's been fun. So, you know, what are ways that people can support and reach out to you in terms of can we donate or give back to uh, the Michael Jackson Foundation or Luminary Voices? Like, how can we support the causes that you have going on? In terms of the Michael Jackson Foundation, you can absolutely donate uh, to the Michael Jackson Foundation. We have a website, and it's the mfj.org. And there it gives you all information that we have on how to donate and also being able to see... Like if you know somebody who is really big in the industry, if you know somebody who has um, a lot of uh, like say in what's going on, if they're like brewers or brewery owners, definitely have them hit us up in, if they're interested in becoming mentors as well, because we're always excited to bring in new mentors who are always willing to take on new mentees throughout that time. In terms of luminary voices, if, if there are any breweries out there or any festivals who would like to have luminary voices come through, we're very happy to do that and to collaborate, <laughs> to collaborate with other festivals and breweries. Uh, I can't stress enough how much there's like this stigma on seeing a panel of women who want to talk about things that sometimes might be challenging to talk about because I feel, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is, I would love to hear you guys' perspective on this. Sometimes I feel like when they see a panel of women talking about challenging conversations, I feel like the assumption is that we're going to be just like complaining or we're going to be creating like a cancel culture with us trying to out people 
or trying to make people feel shameful because of the things that have happened in the industry. And I can't stress enough, that's not it at all, what we're trying to do. We're just trying to create space and be like, hey, we can also do what you can do. And, you know, we like to drink as well. So the Luminary Voices is very much that, where sometimes people can be a little bit standoffish or concerned about, oh, what the top, like, what are we going to talk about? Who are we going to like, we're going to call out this time. But once it happens, the relief or also like the... The emotions in the room after the fact, it's it's very uh, it's it's almost like this chemistry, or like this this magic in the air. I don't know. Now I'm getting really cheesy, but it's like this awesome feeling afterwards. Everybody in the room feels it at the same time. And also the women who join me on these panels are women who I've never done it before, are very much nervous. And once they start going in on it, they realize how much support they get back from the audience. And then they feel more empowered to be more open about their experiences of becoming leaders or becoming brewers and their stories become more alive through that. So, you know, women having a voice isn't scary at all. And, you know, I feel like cancel culture isn't really the way to move forward. And I think inviting more women to speak just on any panel really would, I feel like that would create more change and incorporate more of a diverse and inclusive experience across the board in this industry. So yeah, a way to support Luminary Voices be like, invite us, invite us out. We would love to come do it. Amanda and I love doing these things. Thank you, Breeze Galindo, for joining us on the DC Beer Show tonight. I don't know about anybody else, but I think I was the most geeked out. Um, so I really appreciate you coming on. So thanks. Thank you so much for having me. Brandy, you're the best. And I had the best time meeting you guys and just talking about all of the things. So thanks for having me, you guys. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, Breeze. Thank you to the good folks at Streetcar82 and to Marvin as well. Uh, Happy Snallygaster week to all who celebrate. Please do hit up your local spots as well. Brewers, if you're coming in from out of town, you should have those spots too. We make pretty good beer here. Um, Be well, everybody, and, and we will see you out there. All right. We're at DC Beer across social media. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all later.